0: let's do this you're julian on the brown note and a review of oppenheimer i've already done barbie and i gave it a good review so christopher nolan is one of the marquee directors and i think there's a snobbery around this which is that uh, you know david fincher christopher nolan probably the most talented of them all is um out of those group is uh, paul thomas anderson but i would say that the best is um quentin tarantino I mean, his filmography speaks for itself, but he also has rarely ever relied on anyone else's material, if at all, and can write female characters better than all of them combined, and has uh, filmography that has almost barely dipped. Um, Paul Thomas Anderson I would put up there as well. But anyway, Christopher Nolan, the first film that really garnered attention was a guy Pierce starring Memento, brilliant film and insomnia is a film that has latterly got praise a remake um, and i love it but i would also acknowledge that the second half it falls apart the first half is brilliant the second half uh, it really does fall apart quite badly but i still really love it and then he did his batman films which are obviously brilliant um mostly Um, enough even The Dark Knight Rises is probably an underappreciated film and The Prestige is another one that's a latter-day film that's been held up and I think it's great Um, and and Christian Bale again uh, starring in like four in a row why didn't he get the Inception role I wonder I would I would argue it's trite and it's a flawed film in some ways I think the uh, final 40 minutes has too much action in it But possibly the best film, even above Memento, is Inception. Um, I think that thematically it is an incredible piece of work. And it was a real art house statement when it came out. Since then, it's not been an upward gradient for Christopher Nolan. So I'm a big fan of The Dark Knight Rises. Um, For its flaws, I think there's a lot there. The screenplay was brilliant, I thought, for most of it. And the whole notion of um, Christian Bale being trapped and the whole city under siege I, and, you know, this this fascism being overthrown and replaced with fascism. I thought it was a really strong film, but Interstellar was actually holding up as his best post-Inception film. And that was a film I think I gave a 7 out of 10 when it came out. I've watched it many times since and... It is still something that has flaws in it. And the high points, the emotional high points, are undoubtedly there. And it's often brilliant. There are flaws in it over its quite long run time. Um, so it's still a really, really good film. Probably one of the best sci-fi films overall. But it does have flaws in its narrative flow over a very long period. And Dunkirk was a film that I really admired him from actually being able to change gears so much and there was a lot to love about the tone of that film and the um completely different mood to any film he'd made but again I thought it was a bit flawed I thought the the high point was um Tom Hardy in the Spitfire I thought it was still really good with Mark Rylance in the boat mostly and I th- i felt like the soldiers the bit with harry styles in was a bit cheesy and trite and it didn't completely convey what was one of the most important moments in world war ii for me i kind of got lost in it a bit so i didn't think i didn't think it was an outright success it wasn't it wasn't trite garbage like 1917 or saving private ryan but it wasn't quite Perfect. but i did really admire him for being that deep into his career and completely changing like your entire language of filmmaking i i really celebrate it on that level i was in the um i was one of the people that broke covid to go and see the 70 mil cut of tenet at the hayden orpheum in cremorne i think or is it the cremorne orpheum but the orpheum cinema in cremorne in sydney is one of the most amazing cinemas on earth they let you buy alcohol and take it and sit down because they're adults it's got bars in the cinema but it's a, a stunning art deco building and they do a lot of 70 mil films and that was my number one worst film of that year um i absolutely detested everything about it it was a complete failure so he came back with oppenheimer this year the barbenheimer thing has been um one of the best marketing ploys in movie history and I don't even think that anyone realized it would be quite so amazing so I go on a afternoon session in the same cinema I saw Tenet the Orpheum in Cremorne on a Saturday afternoon three weeks into its run expecting to have half the cinema to myself and I didn't even get a good seat it was completely rammed the fact that this incredibly intelligent film has gone way past half a billion dollars at the box office and is closing in on fast 10 is something that gives you hope for humanity in some ways so it's the story of j robert oppenheimer who was involved in the man uh, a genius physicist and scientist who was um, involved with a lot of these people from Albert Einstein to a lot of these um, theoretical physicists and the ideas of quantum mechanics and what happens at uh, you know an atomic level and ended up being the leader of the Manhattan Project in um, New Mexico during World War II to develop the atomic bomb in a race against the Nazis and the idea being that the Nazis having the atomic bomb is something that was Star Trek focused on. So there's a very famous episode of the original run of Star Trek from the 1960s, award-winning Pulitzer. I might have even won a Pulitzer Prize. It won a lot of awards. Where there's a woman that is a peace pro- protester in America, and she protests America joining the Second World War because of war, and that gap leads to nazi germany developing the atomic bomb and the entirety of human history changing so there was this race to beat them from using it by the time america had developed the atomic bomb the nazis had lost and oppenheimer says in the film i'm so sad that we couldn't have used it against the nazis and then becomes a very controversial point my own theory is this which is it's an enormous war crime what america did to Test the atomic bomb, and that's what they were doing. Two things they were testing it on the civilian population, and they were showing off to the Russians who were also developing the atomic bomb. Because at the end of World War II, they then became obsessed with this idea that Russia was the enemy, even though we'd been allies throughout World War II, and there was never any justification for Japan, who were virtually going to surrender anyway and even if they hadn't were virtually destroyed by um much more damaging firebombing. but the notion of dropping the atomic bomb on two civilian population centers was a test case it was um the idea that you drop bombs on civilian populations instead of military like that's not going to provide you with the example you need if you dropped it on a military base in fact, military bases were recommended and refused, and so was, I believe, any overtures from Japan to surrender. So anyway, I think it is, one, it is the, the biggest war crime in history, and the idea that it was done to shorten World War II is a lie. It's a complete fallacy. But anyway, um, this film has been incredibly um, spoken about for an R-rated biopic of a scientist, which again is an incredible thing. And Cillian Murphy stars as Robert Oppenheimer. Now, the, the film itself is absolutely fantastic. It is a brilliant film. It's a complete reversal of everything that Christopher Nolan has been downsliding on from Inception uh, with some pretty decent watchable and often um, re-watchable films like Interstellar that just haven't been quite up there. And I think we've seen that with David Fincher as well. You know, he's not... And also the the um, Coen brothers, you know, those big names. Whereas um, Tarantino's writing and abilities as a director, I think rose with the hateful eight and rose again with once upon a time in hollywood and it's been a long time between drinks for nolan but i think this film is actually the arguable high point of his career i think it's less flawed actually than inception with regards to the the um the fact that there's a lot of action in Inception that I didn't feel was as strong as the the sort of psychological themes that it had and detracted from it, even though I would have said that was probably his finest, even though Memento might have been his least flawed, he didn't reach quite as high as those later films. Um, I think like the Barbie movie, it's interesting that both those films seem to have regarded their star as an afterthought and celebrated the supporting actor with ryan gosling in barbie and i said i was a bit surprised because i thought margot robbie was absolutely luminescently spectacular in her role cillian murphy is a career high in this film everyone's talking about robert downey jr robert downey jr will obviously get a nomination for best supporting actor for his role he's fantastic as a senate so the 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 movie itself as well as, as following chronologically In an abstract manner, like back and forth, the progress of Oppenheimer through this brand of physics in developing the atomic bomb throughout World War II also backshadows from a Senate inquiry into um, the Robert Downey Jr. character trying to become a very prominent cabinet uh, member and this coming up that he had so there are two trials that sort of form the backbone of this film one of them is the robert downey jr character who is uh strauss straws as is known um lewis straws and he's before congress to be anointed the head of some um, massive portfolio in the american government but is questioned about something that he did a few years before which was a behind closed doors evisceration of robert oppenheimer i think in 1954 he had his security clearance removed and it was done behind closed doors in a punitive manner which left a legacy of anyone involved in attacking oppenheimer being ostracized from the scientific community and it being part of the mccarthy witch trials uh, a big part of this film is showing how much communism was a part of life for a lot of the people that were in this world of science and art and literature in america before world war ii when the russians were our allies and who were then punitively attacked throughout world war ii and after particularly with the mccarthy witch hunt after world war 2 which extended into you know film filmmaking and directors and so on so he he butts up against his own trial and we get this full trial of robert oppenheimer having to defend his associations with people that were members of the american communist party and was he a traitor to the united states and the historical view is that he was a very patriotic and loyal person to the united states as many of these communists were who wanted a better life for america they weren't attacking america and being pro-russia they believed in a lot of these ideals about you know a fairer society and so on in america Um, but then the mccarthy nixon axis came in and decided to make them all enemies of america the great red scares Uh, and the famous McCarthy witch hunts so we get these two trials as kind of like a, a a continually back and forth reference and then we get the chronological journey of Oppenheimer throughout the film Cillian Murphy has never been better it's made me laugh when people have said that he's become famous from this film when I remember him going back to 28 days later was like 20 years ago and even the first, like the bat the first Batman film with Christopher Nolan he was like the main villain. It's like how do you not know who Cillian Murphy is? Um, so he I thought his one of the best things I can say about this film is the complexity in the writing and the performance of Oppenheimer. He is a very complicated, subtle man. He is not hundred percent anything. He is um, egotistical yet also honorable often and uh you know he's just fascinating he's a completely fascinating human being um and i think the performance by cillian murphy may end up going the way of um, a a performance that should have won best actor oscar which was um liam neeson in schindler's list got sidelined and ralph Fiennes in uh, the english patient Another Schindler's List. The Numbnaye that didn't get an Oscar in that film. People that are in films that may well end up sweeping Oscars where the lead actor gets given to another film because they've already given all of the votes to Best Picture, Best Screenplay, Best Cinematography. but So they give the Best Actor to another film. I feel like that's going to happen to Cillian Murphy. I really do. And then they give it to Robert Downey Jr. Or they give it to Ryan Gosling for Barbie because they've already given so many awards to that one film they don't give the Oscar to the actor but the 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 central greatest thing is the writing and the acting of of Oppenheimer occupies virtually every scene and he's so fascinating and I love the way that Christopher Nolan doesn't dumb anything down here he I thought that he was dumbing it down a bit when he was showing Oppenheimer being into the arts and Picasso and the cyanide apple on the desk and reading a bit more into it. All of that was very true. And Oppenheimer was known and loved amongst the uh, students that he taught in America. And he was an American, um, born and bred, um, I think. Um, the, his parents, uh, I think, f- uh, did move over from uh, Prussia, as it was called then, but he was uh, born and bred in America. And um, there were things in it where he's like you know he's getting into the arts and so on but they were apparently very much part of why he was so revered which was that he had this very wide range of interests he wasn't a theoretical physicist that sat in his room and focused on one thing and that's probably why he never got a nobel prize but apparently he was very much into uh, literature and painting and other uh, fields of science that weren't necessarily his own and he was very praised for having this very wide-ranging understanding of everything that was going on so i i like the fact that nolan didn't dumb anything down even though i thought he did for a bit but looking into oppenheimer's life it was um that were true um so i think this is arguably nolan's best film i think it's his most impressive film artistically i would have probably said that about dunkirk you know i just think it failed a lot more and i think this succeeds a lot more floor wise i would say that the first hour and the last hour are superb the middle hour does it wanders and repeats itself and it it's like a middle act that doesn't really go anywhere um so that would be my biggest flaw with this film as it does drag through that middle act another one is n- like tarantino gets called out for being brotastic. none of his contemporaries from the cohen brothers to paul thomas anderson to uh david fincher or christopher nolan have written as many brilliant female characters as Quentin Tarantino. And people like David Fincher and Christopher Nolan have barely written any. Christopher Nolan has barely no female characters in his oeuvre at all. And that's the same with this one. We get fragmentary female characters that are barely there. I thought Florence Pugh was very good in the role she had. I thought she was excellent. I thought that Emily Blunt wasn't very good at the start but got much better as the film progressed but the writing isn't there from Nolan on female characters I don't know why because his wife's been involved in a lot of his writing as far as I know um it it's production-wise perfect uh fluctuating between black and white and color and it doesn't focus on the most obvious things, but focuses on things that resonate. I thought really, really well. And the whole um, the whole nuclear blast that it builds up to is really well handled. Um, the fact this is doing gangbusters on IMAX cinema and has been extended until the end of August doesn't make that much sense to me because it isn't a film that necessitates this 4k environment of you know ridiculous high quality screens and everything else it doesn't need it it's not like it relies on special effects or anything like that it's a drama it's um the nuclear bomb going off was really good and i don't agree with um people like david Padil in england and a few others have been going on about dew washing it's mentioned much after reading those things about how much um, the film shoves to the background Jewishness. It I was amazed by how much Jewishness was a part of the story actually. Given your comments, David Badil. and the other thing is, you know, if there's any if there's any ethnicity or race that can't really say that about Hollywood, because how many Jewish heritage act, actors are out there, there is so many and to say that there's this whole idea of shoving them in the background it's very very made clear throughout this film about the impact of world war ii on jews and in the amount of jews in the faculties in the sciences and so on i don't buy that and i don't you can't focus on everything it was a landmark it was arguably the period point of the 20 20th century was the atomic bomb going off um, it can't focus on everything. I, I like the way that it handled the aftermath of that first bomb and then it dropping on Japan because there's this. it then goes into this almost nightmare art house scenario and the, the film's best sequence, which is when he's giving this very uncharacteristically gung-ho lecture to a bunch of, I guess, students or whoever it is, he keeps getting these nightmarish flashes. And it, I think that there's a massive inspiration in Oppenheimer from David Lynch and from particularly episode eight of the third season of Twin Peaks, which I gave 10 out of 10 to, uh, a landmark in television, probably the most arthouse television moment that will ever happen, a 40-minute sequence about the first atomic bomb going off, about the exact same moment. And it really reminded me of that. Uh, and david lynch threw up this notion that all of the evil in twin peaks came from um a certain sort of you know cosmic evil realizing that humanity had reached this point of self-destruction and arriving in earth in the ashes of that first atomic bomb and i've kind of really felt that it gets very art house um so overall i've gone on for a long time i knew i would Uh, A brilliant film, Um, middle third, a bit sketchy, and women writing not so great. Everything else is brilliant. It's a superb film on one of the year's best, and that doing 550 million already and nowhere near slowing down at the box office gives me hope for humanity. So a 9 out of 10 for Nolan's best film since Inception. Uh, Oppenheimer, 9 out of 10. Uh, This is from the Aussies.